welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we've got seven games for you guys here on Monday night. In this one, we're taking a look at probably the marquee matchup. There's a couple of good games, but we got the Suns playing in Golden State. Once again, no Kevin Durant uh, in a return that his team is making to the Golden State Warriors. Uh, but we will take a look at all the stuff inside this one. Pretty high total. Also have another game video and our player props up for you. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. We are staying hot after a weird night last week. Uh, we had two good nights to end the week. Uh, so we are still pretty hot on those player props. Like and subscribe to that page. Also want you to head to the lines.com. You can check out all of the great written stuff we're putting up there as we we come down the stretch here uh, this NBA season, and we have that odds finder tool up there for you guys. You can make sure that you're seeing all the lines available to you uh, from all those U.S. sports books, giving us bets in this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this slate for everyone and then talk about our game Dubs and Suns. Yeah, marquee matchup maybe. I'll probably be watching Kings Bucks in this late window, but sure, sure. Uh, we got Jazz plus seven at the Heat. Celtics are minus 12 at the Rockets. Pacers without Halliburton, minus three at Pistons. Um, the other game we break down, Wolves were plus five at Hawks. Totals at 245. It opened at 240. Grizzlies in a rematch at Dallas. Um, it's basically a pick em. Kyrie is questionable. Luka is out. The Bucks are minus one at the Kings here. Another 245 total. Uh, Giannis, Giannis, as we say, <laughs> questionable. And then Suns. Plus four and a half, right about where it opened. The total has been bet down from 240 to 236 with money still kind of coming in on the under. It might go lower. Uh, It's a really tough spot now at this point with the line. There is a trend here with the Warriors going under consistently at home, but also with them just winning at home. Nine of their last ten. Eight and two against the spread in that span and, and the number two defensive rating in that span. And the Suns, you look at their exact different splits on the road. They have the number two defensive rating in their last 10 roadies, uh, as well as the number two net rating playing at a pretty slow pace of just 96, obviously without KD here, who you mentioned slipped in warmups is it's just baffling to think about that. He's going to be out multiple weeks from just a little wet spot on the floor. Uh, but yeah, the sun's offense is going to be a little less prolific here. He, even with him in there, I mean, they're three point, Shooting went way up. Their efficiency went way up. Their pace was actually crazy slow in those first two with him on the road. So they went over by sheer efficiency. Previous six road games without KD, uh, over in five of those, or six of the last seven. And you look at their three-point shooting in the eight road games before he got there. They're hitting just nine a game, 33%. I mean, neither CP3 or Book are really going to look for their three-point shot that much so it it is a lower volume situation but with Booker though I I am seeing the the totally rounding into healthy form at the same time as getting Kevin Durant in there and and whether that helped his game by getting him more open shots or just kind of lit a fire under him to you know whatever KD probably said is like yo yo, this is still your offense like I'm gonna fit in And, and he's just been on a tear with with 36 points per game 60 50 80 splits Averaged 30 and a half in two early meetings against the Warriors. And Steph came back in that second meeting with 50. Um, that, that game totaled nearly 250 in Phoenix. The Warriors defense has been elite lately at home, but their offense, as we know, much, much better at home as well. Also, the pace 
with Steph goes up so much, and he he is a one man over by himself. I actually would lean over if this does get bet down anymore. If if you're looking at like a two thirty two to thirty five range, I do think we're going over. I, I but I I think the stronger bet is just Warriors to win or or teasing that to the money line, so you get the total more in the direction you want. They, they just this is a bit of a revenge spot. It's obviously a contentious rivalry, and they had that weird game right where where Phoenix's backups beat them by twelve last time out. I think that's more of a motivating factor than anything, and we know the Warriors take care of business at home. So I think we get on on the right side of that and just take the home team here rather than the Suns without Durant. Yeah, full full, full uh, transparency. I already hit the the Dubs under at two thirty nine and a half because that's what we were talking about when I was uh, going over these lines last night and, and taking some notes as I get the the opportunity to do that when it's I'm on the West Coast, obviously, um, and, and get to stay up later and see all that stuff and. Then it got bet down as was what I thought would happen. Um, and it scares me a little bit because the the thing is, is like, what do you believe in here? Do you believe in the dubs uh, ability to have been playing defense as of late and, and playing a little bit slower at home? Well, I'm sorry, a, a good amount slower at home than on the road. Or do you correlate the fact that they've been playing slower on the road or at home than on the road lately? Because in their last five road games, Steph was there or their last five and their last three road games. Steph was there their last five home games. Steph was not there. Right. So like, yes, the home is slower and the road is faster, but Steph's been playing at home. Steph not been playing on road. So, right. What do you do with that um, right there? Because they've gone, they've, they've had five straight unders at home um, since the all-star break before that overtime win versus Milwaukee. That was kind of crazy. But even that game was pretty going well under until they had a 65 point fourth quarter and 19 points scored in overtime. So even in that fourth quarter, 65 point barrage, they still weren't at the the total in that game, which was 241. Um, and, and I think that's why you already saw people start to bet this down. They were playing that game at a 104 pace. The Bucks play at the second fastest pace in the league. The Bucks that were awful on offense in, the, in that game for most of the game. Obviously, Giannis didn't play, so that's going to be a huge part of it. And, and that helped the, the Warriors' defensive stats at home as they had a 101 defensive rating. But I would argue the Bucks had a 101 offensive rating more than the, the inverse, right? Because of how bad they were on that side, more than really the dubs were that good. So, you know, if you look at the difference in pace in, in home and road in general, yeah, they play a little bit faster on the road. It really just comes down to their defensive rating is just that bad on the road at 124 over their last three on the road versus the the 100 defensive rating that they're playing with at home right and they're, they're allowing 127 per, uh, per game on the road uh, versus like 104 at, at home right now so they're getting defensive rebounds <laughs> they're getting they're averaging 40 defensive rebounds at home in their last five they're averaging 28 on the road because they just don't get defensive rebounds. They hemorrhage uh, second chance points. They've also been getting more assists, but that's because Steph is back and they're going to get more assists when Steph is around. The ball keeps flowing even more when he's there. So I, I really put a, a little bit more stock in their ability to play defense at home. And I do think in these games, like the thing, once again, when these two teams have faced the last two that they've played in Phoenix, it was like a 97 pace. The last two they play in Golden State, it's 103 pace. So they do just play a lot faster when these teams meet um, in Golden State. But I also think there's something to the idea that there's there's going to be a little bit of inefficiency in that Phoenix offense. I think losing KD, you've seen what they've done without him uh, and with him, the, the, the contrast there, right? Like they've gone six, they went under in six of seven, I believe you might have mentioned, before KD arrived. Um, on the road specifically, and then two, KD comes and they have two straight overs because he just makes 
everything from mid-range. They're still playing at a slow pace on the road with him, um, but they were just going over because what are you supposed to do when you have two of the best wing scorers in the, like two of the five best West in the, in the league in him and book right now. So, um, but you know, with him, they, they they were scoring, they had 118 offensive rating without him. It's, it was down to 110. Um, their D rating is way better actually on the road than it is at home. Maybe because they don't really care about defense when they know they can just score at will at home where their offense is a bit better. Um, they're, they're limiting threes. They're not hitting threes. Like you said, 9.4 made over their last three, uh, 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 last seven rather on the road at 33%, uh, only allowing 11. I mean, do with that number, what you will, when you're playing as the dubs, like just add at least two to what your average is, maybe three, uh, cause the dubs are not going to probably get below 13 or 14 three, made three pointers. It's just how they get 49% of their points. So that's how they're going to continue to, to, to score because they're going to continue to hoist them from there. So I, I think the splits that, that tell you that the Suns play slower on the road, they play way worse offense on the road and much better defense. Um, and then the dubs just play actually play defense at home. Uh, 236 still feels kind of high as these teams have been going under more in Phoenix uh, than they have in Golden State. So it is scary once you get down to 236. And I, I don't know that I'm going to put any more on this at, uh, you know, that at lower than the 239 and a half that I already hit it. Um, but I also don't really feel like having to pick a winner. Although if I if I had to, I would lean dubs because of how good they are at home and they have Steph. Um, but once again, they've been decent and clutch, but they, they needed to come back because of an awful third quarter and beginning to the fourth. Uh, in that Bucks game. So I just don't know when and where to trust them, even when they're playing good teams. And you know, Phoenix is going to be getting up for this one. Yeah, but here's the thing. It's no Mikel Bridges. And you're looking at Steph, that 50-point game was kind of an anomaly when he's going up against Bridges in 11 games, 23 points per game. He's shooting 34% from three, which is terrible for Steph um, and not getting that many attempts either. Up, You talk about limiting the team attempts it makes. A lot of that is just like what Bridges could do. It's why he was in the front of the defensive player of the year discussion last year is because like, well, he's one of the only guys that can check Steph Curry. So, I mean, I'm looking at him kind of going off. I would look at, there's often these bonuses for like Booker and Curry combined points. I think we will see those two going back and forth, whether that, you know, lifts the entire total so that we are at getting into a higher scoring game. It, yeah, it's, it's tough to say at 236, but... I think it's more advantage Warriors to say like Bridges is no longer in the picture than Wiggins is no longer in the picture. The Warriors, I think still, I mean, Wiggins will be back at some point, They but they still have guys to throw at Booker. Um, it's less of a team flow for the Suns. I mean, we're more concerned about the Suns offense here in terms of getting us over because the Warriors are at home and because they have an elite defensive rating recently at home. So I think it's just another strong check to say if you if you feel like the total is is set competitively here, let's just keep riding the Warriors at home uh, minus four or tease with another game and just get that at even money. But I, I think they can cover four pretty easily if um, they they are you know firing all cylinders and trying to deliver some revenge to the Suns team. And, and maybe they will be. Um, and Draymond's healthy, and, and so that's going to be crucial as well because he he has had some success uh, against DeAndre Ayton, who's been up and down when he's played against the Dubs here and there, and and, and they've been much better inside as of late. And Kevon Looney, a big part of that is he's getting a lot more uh, time as well, continuing to play above thirty minutes. So we'll we'll see. Definitely, I think it's going to be a fun game. I, I really think it's either going to be like pretty like painfully slow compared to what we think, and this game is, ends in the like two teens, low twenty, two twenties. 
or it's just I'm completely wrong and this game just goes off for the like 241, 242 total that they would be capable of. But I, I think we even, like I said, with Steph playing the way he was, I think with the, that defense playing better, um, I, I think they have an opportunity to go under as they should have and almost did uh, without overtime in that game uh, previously at home. So a lot of movement on the total. And I'm thinking we can take advantage of the fact that this one's up to 245. While the Hawks are a scary team to take an under with, uh, especially at home, the Wolves are just not a team that I'm going to trust to consistently get into shootouts by any means. Um, they are coming off that overtime loss to Brooklyn, which is, you know, Brooklyn's just been playing some crazy basketball lately and finding ways to just extend the game, get it high scoring. Previous three for the for the Wolves on the road went went way under, including only getting 94 points at Philly, which is... Definitely not a good sign for your offense. And that was a game where Anthony Edwards had a really good game, right? And and he is just their only source of offense right now consistently. Like, everything else is going to have to flow off teams helping off him. He has not done well at all in his career against Atlanta, though. 14 points per game on 32% shooting. And you look at the status of Rudy Gobert, of course, important. He tweaked his ankle in that Friday loss. Uh, he's questionable tonight. Probably going to be able to go... It is a bit of a weird revenge factor where they're him and Conley facing Quinn Snyder now for the first time. And it's like, well, how much is that going to motivate him? How much is Quinn going to have ideas about how to exploit Rudy? But, I mean, you need personnel to exploit him. And, and Atlanta's just not the type of team that you see spreading him out, you know, having multiple ni- people knife into the lane and kick back out and keep it moving and hit threes. They're just one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. And that's where Minnesota's biggest weakness is, right? Is their fourth worst three-point percentage and dead last in opponents' free throw attempts. Atlanta also very low in terms of their free throw rate. Uh, Rudy in four, his last four against Atlanta, you know, since Clint Capella got in there, 12 points per game and, you know, not really overwhelming offensively at all in his 28 minutes, but 89 defensive ratings. So it is kind of a bogged down game. Their last meeting, you go back, I mean, it's a completely different Wolves team, of course, and so it did go over. But the previous three, even with the Wolves playing that high-scoring, fast-paced ball, they all went under uh, with Atlanta here. Trey Young, not exactly great numbers. And Trey Young, not great numbers at all against this this Jazz team. If you talk about Rudy and Conley at the point of attack, 20 points per game on 30% from three is last five against the Jazz uh, So it's cross-conference here as well. There's some support. In terms of that, you know, the I mean, the, the Wolves are really struggling to win games against the Eastern Conference. So they've gone under in three of their last four as well against the Eastern Conference. And the you look at the last 11 at home for the Hawks against the West, and they've only gotten to 240 thrice. Once against Zion, a, a.k.a. the Pelicans when they scored a ton. Uh, the Jazz early in the season when they were scoring a ton. And the Lakers when they were scoring and going real fast. And those are all before New Year's. Since New Year's, I mean, since 2023, we got a Hawks team that's actually playing good good defensive ball at times. I mean, they're rampantly inconsistent on both sides. Don't get me wrong. Uh, It's just that they're, I think their offense is inconsistent enough. And the Wolves defense has really been great in that same span. Both these teams have such low free throw rates. Both these teams have such low three-point clips. I mean, percentage hit. That I think there's definitely a path for the under here, and I think 245 is is just been bet up too high given given Minnesota given the limitations for both offenses. Yeah, it's scary. Like we said, it's scary to pick a uh, a, a Hawks under right now. They're they're really 
bad on defense, to be honest. I mean, in their last six at home, they are giving up the second most points per game in the league at one uh, one twenty two. There, um, they're giving up decent amount of threes, which is definitely how I think Minnesota needs to continue to score. Like you said, it's it's an offense that is predicated on. Anthony Edwards doing everything and then occasionally kicking it out um, and uh, kicking it out plenty. And occasionally someone hits a three um, because like you said, right now, you know, if their second option um, is going to be Vanderbilt or McDaniels rather cannot shoot um, from, from out there. A nice pickup on defense, but yeah, that, that actually helps the case of what we're talking about. They've been a bit better on defense, but I mean the, 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 uh, the Timberwolves uh, in their own right, you know, on the road, not good on offense. That's, that's when you look at all these games, um, other than playing Sacramento, we, we normally don't worry about that too much, right? With Sac, anything's possible. They don't play defense anywhere, even at home. Um, and so that was the game that went for 272, I believe, um, But in a game that they won, which was a little bit of a surprise. But before that, they had four uh, on the road before that where they were averaging 107 a game uh, and limiting teams to 104 per game in that time frame. And, and they were playing the clips. The uh, uh, It was that West Coast swing and the dubs were in there and, and, and the, um, the Lakers as well. So teams that can score at home and teams that did not score that well against, uh, you know, this Timberwolves defense at home. One of them was a weird Sunday game. But um, the, the other thing about the uh, <laughs> the Hawks is they still can't make threes, which is wild. Um, they still can't really shoot from deep. They don't have enough. And, and obviously that it's a little bit weird with those two guards. Um, I, I still think that they're likely to make at least the play-in if not the playoffs, uh, definitely the play-in and, and likely the playoffs because I, they just got such an easy schedule too down down the stretch. Um, but they're they're just not doing anything that they need to do to be good. If you look at what their how their team is is based, you know, even when you've got the the, the pick and roll game with uh, with Capella not working nearly as well as it has in years past, um, you can tell that's the case by the way that they're not really able to score in the paint. They're not able to score really around uh, inside seven to ten feet at all. Um, even when they are scoring from there it's like a Trey Young floater um, DeJounte and him are it's too much your turn my turn they've only both had uh, 25 points I know it's a lot between two guys but like this is two 25 point scores right here and they've only had 25 points together at the same time four times this season uh, 20 times like tw- 20 points like 12 times this season like they just don't do it in the same game um, and, and that's a huge problem which I think you can also look at how the, this uh, Timberwolves defense that did get a little bit better um, when they, I mean you lose D'Lo you're automatic you know and his 25 to 30 minutes you're already getting way better on defense automatically uh, and then you add McDaniels and, and the like then this team has been way better on defense over their last like eight games they're in the top 10 uh, in terms of limiting opponent points limiting opponent uh, field goal percentage and, and a lot of stuff around the rim obviously with Rudy um, a little bit better still giving up so many rebounds <laughs> and, and like actually stats to opposing centers are the uh, the Timberwolves but you know we'll see what Clint Capella can do especially if Rudy's not in there uh, but you know if Rudy's not in there I, I don't think it necessarily helps their offense at all either um as as you kind of pointed out like even without him um you know it, it doesn't matter it's ant's team there's one style of play that they have so uh, yeah all, all this leads me to go 244 is huge it's terrifying to take an under in a hawks game that seems like they screw us a lot of different ways in that sense but for for a minnesota team that's been much better on defense i do think it's a fair statement to go under on this one yeah, I mean, Nas Reed is a capable backup if he's forced to step in. If it's Reed, a Nas Reed game tonight randomly and them. you're watching this and you've never seen him play before, you're going to be like, how does this dude not have a bigger contract? <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he helps their offense probably, but doesn't lose too much defensively. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, you kind of expect uh, Rudy to play. But, yeah, you mentioned the, the, the struggles with Trey and DeJounte, and it's 
kind of manifesting in clutch time too. Atlanta has a horrific rating right now, 97 offensive rating in their last six clutch games, negative 30 in the net there. Minnesota, a top defensive rating at just 100 in that same span, playing at a 95 pace. So if you do think the plus five, you know, we're going to be around there or lower, like Minnesota's going to cover, I don't really see a ton of points flowing down the stretch. And that's one way that the Hawks do go over is they give up the third most fourth quarter points per game. But Minnesota's not really a team you expect to just to just light them up continuously. And, and maybe they'll be able to put keep continuing to put the clamps down. Here and Bogdan Bogdanovich, we did not mention, is very much questionable with back pain, yeah. and that it, you know the Hawks' second unit is not going to be lighting anybody up either without him. He's, he's driving that unit, so that's another factor to watch here on the injury report. Um, and yeah, just continue to watch the the Quinn Snyder era. They're playing at a little bit of a slower pace here. They're they're only three and four straight up, uh, about dead even to the over and under and. Uh, recently, I mean, their games are averaging about 240 at home. So while we say it's cl- it's scary, I mean, really, the numbers indicate Minnesota is a below average scoring team, and 240 is what we're averaging. So I th- I do think we can take. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, it, it, the average, even when you look at some of these like monster totals that Atlanta's been getting, uh, a lot of them are under 244, and as, even in Atlanta as well. Like it, it, they on the road, they play less defense even. Um, but yeah, a lot of these totals at home over there, you look at their last like five. Um, interestingly, the the highest scoring one was uh, with Cleveland, and then they had a, a game against Brooklyn. But then there's a, like four others in there um, with plenty of fast paced teams, including the, the Blazers that that the pace. Or, or excuse me, that the Hawks are still going under. So you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top us sports books all in one place. Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts. You can trust check out the lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Steven Andrus, and Adam candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the coast to coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for major league baseball, the NBA and the NFL and tune in to beat the closing line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Yeah, I'm going with Tyus Jones, which is basically just a vote of confidence in Memphis's offense and, and a vote of no confidence in Dallas defense. As we know, in 12 games since acquiring Kyrie, a 121 defensive rating and allowing the second most assists per game to point guards, second most assists per game overall as well. And Jones is a guy who takes care of the ball and, and gets dimes. I mean, he had the best assist to turnover ratio of all time last season and just didn't get the opportunity to play that consistently. But he was a big reason why Memphis kept winning when Ja was out in four since Ja's suspension now. 18.5 points, nine assists. He does have a double-double in three of four including the recent meeting at home against Dallas just two days ago here. He also got full minutes against Dallas in uh, the 2021 season. When Ja was out, averaged seven and a half assists in those two starts. He put up, you know, 16, six and seven in an ugly 97, 90 game where the Grizz hit only nine threes, where they had a worst assist. They had more turnovers and assists. And that, I mean, that's the big difference we're talking about here. That we, Dallas used to be, 
a stifling defense, a really slow-paced team. Luka's not playing, so they're not going to be as slow-paced. You're going to talk about Kyrie and maybe Jaden Hardy seeing a lot more run here. Uh, Jaden Hardy, by the way, I got to watch for his props when those do come out because he's been lighting it up, and certainly if Kyrie's out, he will light it up again. Uh, but I, I'm looking at Jones over 7.5 assists, not the best odds. You get great odds if you go 8.5 assists or go one more and take a double-double. I mean, he's not a lock to score 10 points, but I think against Dallas, he can. He's hitting two and a half threes at, at 42% in these four, by the way. So he could score. Uh, a double-double is plus 260 at FanDuel, and, uh, and that juice is appealing here. Like I said, he just had a double-double against Dallas. And we're in Dallas, where I, I feel like it's just going to be a high-scoring kind of kind of uh, you know stat-heavy game. Yeah, I mean, you want Kyrie to play in this game for for this for sure. It's just so helpful uh, for the pace and and for the amount of points that we can expect in it. So I would keep an eye on that as well. But you're still getting good odds for a guy you're, that you can depend on to get the minutes, to be the starter, um, to get the usage, to have the ball in his hands. And and because the fact that they don't have anybody to break down the defense, they kind of need um, to pass the ball well and to run offense. And and that's going to be the Tyus Jones Memphis Grizzlies uh, until we see Ja back. So yeah, I think he's he's good to talk target for a bit uh i'm gonna go under here on a guy who <laughs> is playing against the jazz it's bam 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 out of bio 29 and a half points and rebounds uh under that is minus 106 on FanDuel. uh interestingly you've really got to toggle the stats if you're going to look at how utah defense centers because if you only look at how they've done on the season blocker kessler walker kessler the, the incredible rook who might already be better <laughs> at defending the rim than rudy gobert who he was traded for um you know he he wasn't getting minutes up until month and a half, two months ago, he was getting 20 minutes a game. They were the worst team at guarding centers because Kelly Olynyk was playing nearly 30 minutes every night. Um, they were the worst team at defending centers, re- limiting them to rebounds, points, whatever. Uh, and then you you look, you, you toggle those stats and you filter to the last 15 games, let's say, right? They're number one in limiting points, number one in limiting rebounds. Um, they're, they're, it's Walker Kessler time, right? And he's been playing 30 plus minutes in that time frame uh, and might have had a case for defensive player of the year if he was getting minutes all year and was able to put up better totals. But, um, you know, for, for Bam, he also puts up fewer points uh, and rebounds at home. Uh, his totals at home end up at, uh, for this end, you get you to about 28, not the, uh, or, well, 29, but not quite the 29 and a half. Um, and that's against better comp. When he did play Utah last time, uh, he had, 32 and eight in Utah in 36 minutes. Um, he needed 13 free throw attempts and Walker Kessler also played 26 minutes as opposed to the like 32 that he, you should expect him to continue to get. Um, and, you know, in, in terms of limiting free throws as well, he needed free throws a ton back then, but, uh, but he needed thir- 13 attempts to get the 11 points to get him, you know, that over that prop. But then, that, like I said, Walker Kessler wasn't in there over their last eight games. They're actually in the top eight in limiting free throw attempts to their opponent because of that. So Bam's also been taking a, a bit of a, a turn for the worse in the last like 10 games and if you look at who he's played he's only had like one game that he wasn't playing against a pretty good interior defense uh and that was against charlotte and in that game he still played poorly and had 14 points and six boards probably because they just always kind of seem to play poorly against charlotte but um yeah i think you know if you look at his averages it's at 18 points and six boards over his last 10 games Uh, and like i said playing similar you know down low competition like cleveland new york philly uh orlando all teams that have big guys that can stop what you know bam wants to do as a slightly undersized center anyway. So I think with the size of Kessler in there, that, that there's going to be some trouble for him. And he and, he and Markinen have been playing pretty well down low. The Jazz have been frustrating lately, but they've spiked in terms of some great defensive performances. I mean, they also went 
crazy poor defense in Orlando and, and two against the Thunder. But otherwise, there's a lot of like 106 defensive ratings for the game here and some of the top rebounding numbers in their last 10 as well. So yeah. there's definitely an argument here for the under in this game and for it just being kind of a mucked up game where, yeah, there's not a lot of points and rebounds to go around where Bam is is struggling um, to board up against that big front court or even winds up in foul trouble against marketing. Um So, yeah, I, I'd like it here. I'm going with the real scary under here in a game with a 244 total that we're talking about, Kings-Bucks. But De'Aaron Fox, I don't know if he's 100%. I mean, he's come back from that hamstring sprain. He did drop 33 against the Clips in another ridiculous game between those two teams. But since then, he's really averaging uh, about 20 points per game with a, with a poor 106 offensive rating. And it's against Drew Holiday, who has really given him a lot of trouble. In 10 career games, 16 points. Six and a half assists, three and a half turnovers against the Bucks. He's only gotten to 20 points in two of those games. I mean, granted, two of his last three, but the the inefficiency is troubling. In his last six against Holiday and the Bucks, 19 points per game on 35% field goal shooting is good for an 87 offensive rating. Uh, he, you know, he's only shooting 23% from deep too since coming back from that hammy issue, and I think it's going to affect like his step back game, his perimeter game. Uh, and then on the interior here, you have Brooke Lopez, who is fast coming on as maybe the defensive player of the year, forcing people's hands when he when he gets nine blocks in a game. Uh, so it, it might be hard for Fox to get it going on the interior, on on the perimeter. He's got Holiday and, and Milwaukee, which is allowing the fewest assists to point guards all season and, and has just been lights out defensively lately. So 25 and a half points or tack on seven assists to give yourself some breathing room. 32 and a half points assists. I think there's a world where he gets, you know, 25, 26 points, but does not get you there with the dimes. Man. Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying uh, with a two forty four and a half total. Might I guess that you are suggesting there's going to be an under in that game? Like, can you see a world where this game goes above two forty four with De'Aaron Fox, not having a lights out game? Like, I would take the under, yeah. If I yeah. if I was going to dive into the stats a little bit more with this, I mean, I think Giannis is kind of questionable, so yeah. I didn't really want to look at the game. But I I think it's a little high given yeah. how good the Bucks have been defensively, and and how stagnant they might be on offense without Giannis the way they were against that Dubs team uh, at home. Much better defensively at home the Dubs and the Kings are. But either way, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm with you. Uh, I, I'm looking for the unders. I would throw the assists in there too. It feels kind of high, but the 26 points um, is is not a bad take on this one if, if Drew Holiday is going to be all over him. I wonder if Drew's going to be, you know, going a little harder on offense. I don't know if that'll affect his defense. Um, I don't know. He, he's pretty, pretty good no matter what he's doing. Um, so I, I like it not not uh, for him there. So let's let's finish things off here with KJ Martin. Uh, you kind of turned me on to this pick and I kind of just keep liking it more and more. Uh, 12 and a half points is fine. 17 and a half boards. Also good uh, for him. I'm sorry, 17 and a half points and boards combined uh, for him. The, the Celtics are kind of weak in terms of allowing uh, rebounds to power forwards uh, un- somewhat unsurprisingly as like they really have like a center on the floor who boxes out between Al and big Rob will when he's out there who's been struggling a bit as late as well so in his last nine though for Kenyon Martin Jr. aka KJ Martin 16 points a game five and a half boards 59% from the field um, he's got an 18% usage and he's playing 32 minutes but even though the usage isn't that high you know I, I think the reason that he does so well and, and actually pretty well against Boston for him you know in his last four versus Boston as a member 
member of the Rockets, 13 and a half points a game, four boards, and that's just in 27 minutes in those situations. Um, and, you know, like I said, Boston's allowing the most rebounds per game to opposing power forwards over their last seven games and over their last 15 games. Um, but, you know, the reason is, I think, is how K.J. Martin scores. He scores off of second chance points, attacking the rim, um, even getting out in the fast break after getting rebounds. And, you know, the the, um, the the Rockets over their last six have actually been the best offensive rebounding team in the league. The Celtics have been in the bottom half of the league in terms of defensive rebounding. The, the Celtics have been bottom half of the league in terms of giving up fast break points. The Rockets are second in fast break points because I think they know if they have to set up an offense, they're screwed and they're not being, they're not going to score. So get those young athletes out into uh, into space and in, in the fast break and transition. So I think that, you know, how hard is Boston really going to be trying in a game they're favored by 13 points at home where they've at least got the two seed locked um, and I know they're chasing the one seed but they're probably going to be able to wrap this thing up uh, I wouldn't even really feel great about them covering although they probably will I don't want to have to sweat that out uh, I just take KJ Barton to be able to get some points tonight no yeah I, I, do, I think Boston has had a target on their backs for for months now and and they're just starting to not be able to live up to it I would not take them to cover here in Houston but but um yeah, and I would expect that to kind of light a fire for for some of these young guys like KJ Martin. Um, also, Rob Williams is probably not going to play. Al Horford does not play much in these spots when they're playing a team that they should be able to beat, regardless. So I'm calling it tonight. KJ Martin's going to posterize Mike Muscala at least once. It's going to happen. Mike Muscala has not been getting out the way. And like you, when you said attack the rim, I just saw it in my mind. He's going to jump over him and, and, and dunk on his head. And then Muscala will come down and hit a wing three, uh, and it'll be all good for him. So that's all the time we have for you in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. Check out the other couple game videos we have up for you tonight as well on this seven-game slate. And until we see you next, happy betting.